Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrive market.com slash truth talks. Hi sis. Welcome to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose behind this podcast and online ministry is to help beautiful women like yourself know, love, and live God's truth. Not only will this be a space of truthful, faith-filled talks, it will also be a place where we let God's word speak for itself because God's truth speaks. My name is Tara and I'm your host, but you can call me your sister. Join me each week as we talk about the truth of God's word and how it can ignite us with purpose. We'll talk about God's word, how we're called to live, challenging topics and grow in faith together. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to encourage and equip our hearts. Let's be women who love his truth, live his truth and spread his truth. friend. Welcome back to Truth Talks with Tara. I don't think I'll ever be able to explain just how giddy I get when I think about this podcast, plan for it, or even just sit down to record. It truly feels like I'm sitting down at coffee with a friend, you, talking about Jesus and life and all that goodness. So I'm calling this a big win. In today's episode, it'll actually be on the shorter side today, but don't be dismayed. This will be practically power-packed as we answer one of the most frequently asked questions I get in my inbox, my DMs, everywhere. Honesty hour. Have you ever said one of these phrases before? Have you ever admitted them, whether out loud or just in your mind to yourself? Listen in. Maybe you've wondered, I literally have zero motivation to read my Bible right now. Or, reading my Bible is like the last thing I want to do every day. More times than not, it seems like a chore to me. Or, I really want to be excited and motivated to read my Bible every day, but I can't seem to be. Is there something wrong with me? Why does she seem to have it all together and I struggle so much with it? Let me reassure you, sweet friend. You may feel so alone in those feelings. You may feel like you're the only person in the world that has said that or thought that. But I'm going to let you in on a little secret. You're definitely not. 
We all come through times in our lives when we feel the lack of motivation to read our Bible, where we really want to read the Bible. We really want to be women of the word who really study the word and grow. We see other people in our lives growing and thriving and being disciplined every day, but we don't know how to. These thoughts come in our minds and we wonder, I don't have any motivation. I don't know where to start. And I feel really, really bad about it. So today's episode, we're going to go into depth about some really good tips and lay the foundation of how to be disciplined, devoted, and very motivated to read the word. There are going to be practical tips that you can walk away, like very practical, like literally put them into your life today, tomorrow. But for the most part, I want to focus today on the discipline, devotion, the motivation, the foundation of why we should read the Bible. Because like we're going to talk about later, if we don't have a solid foundation of why we do what we do, we're not going to follow through with it. And the same goes for your Bible reading and your growing in your faith. So we're going to get right into it and we're going to start laying the foundation and talking about Discipline in Bible reading, and no, that doesn't mean your mom putting you in time out. Discipline that leads way, gives way to life-giving, faith-propelling growth. It may surprise you, but the first quote-unquote practical encouragement that I'll give you to help you stay motivated to read your Bible, stay disciplined and devoted, it doesn't have anything to do with, say, for example, what version of the Bible you read or what time of day you read, etc., etc., The first thing we need to remind ourselves of is our why, W-H-Y, our motivation, purpose, and reason for reading. Think about it. Sure, we will all have random days that we're busy and forget to read the Bible. I had a few of those last week. We will all have days that we don't feel as motivated to open our Bible and to do it every single day. But if we're finding ourselves in a constant pattern that lacks motivation, desire, or excitement to read, there may be something else going on. So this episode is for you. If you find yourself oftentimes in patterns where you don't feel motivated, you know you should read the Bible, but you're not really sure why, you're not really sure how, it just seems like a constant struggle. And this episode is also for you if you're just looking for a deeper understanding of why you read the Bible, because out of that overflow and that deeper understanding, we will find that discipline, motivation, and drive. I like to think of it this way. Consider anything in your life, literally anything. For example, let's use graduating college. If there isn't a solid why or purpose behind your desire to graduate college, do you think that it will ever happen? If there isn't discipline, desire, hard work, or even reliance on God's strength, do you think that you would ever graduate college? Okay, one may skim through by the skin of their teeth without any of those things, but you get what I'm saying. If there isn't a solid reason for doing something backed by purpose and tangible action, it won't be accomplished. And it certainly will not be accomplished with excellent or excitement either, right? I really believe that God created humanity, you and I, to crave purpose and meaning in our lives and actions. Wouldn't you agree? So let's apply this to our Bible slash devotional reading time. As Christians, we have the greatest motivation in the world. We have the greatest why in the world. Greater than a student who desperately wants to graduate high school with a four-point GPA, and even greater than a business tycoon trying to advance his company. And what is it? It all comes down to this. Reading the Bible is non-negotiable to growing our faith, our love, our obedience, and our effectiveness for God. That is our why. That is our fuel. 
Without consistent time fellowshipping and growing with God in the word, our faith will be left behind. However, like we've talked about before many times, this doesn't mean that Bible reading is legalistic. What I mean is it doesn't mean that it's just a way to check a box off our to-do list and feel accomplished. It's more than that. One of my favorite passages, Psalms 119, describes the Bible as a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, a delight to our lives, a wondrous gift, our gift and teacher, life-giving, our comfort, and literally so much more. Side note, take some time and read through Psalm 119. Write down as many descriptors, words, etc. that David uses to describe God's word. Write down what he says, it does, how valuable it is, etc. It may start to open your eyes to the Bible's value and worth. Friend, God tells us in the Bible that his word is hands down one of the best gifts he's given to us. It's his literal inspired words as 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 tells us. God used human authors like Paul, Peter, Moses, all of those guys throughout time to write down his words by speaking to them and using their obedience to write down his truth, not their own, but God's. So this all begs a question, right? What are we believing about the Bible? What beliefs or attitudes do we have towards the Bible? Let's be honest, if we have a sour attitude toward the Bible, then we may lose motivation to read really quick. I know I've been there. If we believe that the Bible is just a dusty book with no relevance or importance for our lives, then we won't read it, right? Or we won't respect it and inevitably we won't be convinced of its power and beauty. It all starts with believing that the Bible is number one, God's words and truth 1000% correct. Number two, that it's useful, powerful, life-changing for everything, and it matters for today and eternity. We can find all of that packed in 2 Timothy 3. It's believing that the Bible teaches us more about who God is, what he's done, and his beautiful rescue story woven throughout scripture. It's also believing that the Bible is crucial and vital, like literally the foundation and basis of our life to read because not only do we learn about history throughout it, we also learn about what God wants us to do today, how he wants us to live, grow in obedience, and be sanctified in him. So all of that to say, may we always stop to ask, and I mean really ask, examine and analyze honestly with the Lord. Do I wholeheartedly believe what God says about the Bible? What am I possibly believing falsely about the word and how can I replace that with truth? Sometimes when we're really struggling with motivation and discipline and consistency and really just excitement to get in the word, it's really good to ask ourselves these questions because this is the root of the issue. It's how are we reacting? How are we responding to the word? Do we really believe that God, that what God says about the Bible is true? That it's life-giving and useful for so many things? This may mean making it a daily habit to remind yourself of your why, your purpose for reading, God's given purpose for us to read. If you truly love God and have given your life to him, then you'll want to get to know him and follow him deeper, right? Just kind of that trickle effect. Well, reading the Bible is a surefire way to do those things in his spirit. Ask God through prayer to start showing your heart, helping you believe these things are true of his word and more. If we don't believe that reading the Bible is important, worthwhile, or valuable, then it's really unlikely that we'll read it, right? It's really unlikely that we'll find the motivation and follow through with it. This is our foundation, our base. 
And it's okay to admit that you're struggling to believe the importance of the Bible, but that's when we should turn to the Lord to open our eyes to his truth because all in all, sweet friend, that's where the true power comes from. That's where true motivation comes from. He wants us to ask him for his help. He cannot wait to show you what he can do. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Now that we have our base covered, let's move on to a few more practical encouragements. Before I started to really love reading the Bible and studying it and feeling motivated to read every day, I have to admit that I was pretty lost and confused. I opened up this big book with over 60 smaller books tucked inside and thought, what is this? (laughs) This is overwhelming. Where do I begin? Who is this guy named Abraham? Why are there so many weird names that I can't even pronounce and so many battles and so many stories about people who lived thousands of years ago? And what's the deal with there being a new and then an Old Testament? Oh my gosh, friend, (laughs) right there with you. It seemed daunting and intimidating to say the least. But after taking some time to really talk to wise people in my life and my church and studying more with the Lord, I came across a really amazing and insightful Bible study nugget. If you're having a hard time staying disciplined and motivated in your Bible reading, seek to learn the overarching story of the Bible. Now stick with me. Don't get lost here. This is key. Here's why. We know that the Bible is a giant book that contains 66 other books. Although there are 60 plus smaller stories sectioned off in what we call the entire Bible, there is actually a common thread. There's actually an overarching, all-encompassing storyline that connects Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all the way through Revelation. Contrary to some beliefs, the books, concepts, and stories of the Bible do all fit together. They were meant to go hand in hand. Remember, God was the one who divinely inspired and gave each author the words to write. And that was his plan, to use different authors to write down his truth, his redemptive storyline. Think of it, picture it, a big, giant puzzle. Every piece being distinct in its own, but also coming together to form a main theme when it's put together. Through my online college Bible classes and studying, I no longer saw the Bible as one huge, daunting book that didn't make any sense. That was confusing with no parallels or main storyline worth following. 
I finally felt like I could enjoy visiting different parts of the Bible, reading different books, studying, digging deeper, because I understood the overarching picture, and that gave so much clarity and excitement when I read. One of my dear friends introduced me to the book, Learn the Bible in 24 Hours by Chuck Missler, and it has been foundational to learning the big picture of scripture. Ooh, I like that big picture of scripture. <laughs> you can find this book off Amazon or head to the show notes and I'll have my resource page linked up for you. Each chapter of this book is designed to study in an hour or less or really take it at your own pace. You can trust Missler's reliable, sound teaching of the Bible and his heart for the Lord. But let me stop you. Please don't be turned off by this book or this worthwhile studying endeavor because it sounds too schoolish or not something that you should do because you're not a quote-unquote Bible degree major. God created the Bible for everyone. Not just Bible scholars, not just pastors, not just that one girl on Instagram who has dedicated her life to teach the Bible. He created it for you, for me, for him, for her. And the reason we should aim to read supplemental books like this is to increase our understanding of scripture, not to replace our time in the word, but rather to help us know more about the Bible so that we can read it with more understanding. And then that leads into excitement and then that leads into motivation. Boom. How stinking exciting is that? I'm getting pretty hyped over here. I don't know about you. (laughs) Okay, now let's close this episode and start trickling down with some less theological tips, if you will, but nonetheless, they may prove to be helpful to you. To help myself stay motivated to read the Bible, I need to put some routines in place. Now, you either got really excited when I said the word routine, or you cringed a bit. You're either like me, someone who loves, thrives, and sometimes gets a bit obsessed over routine, or you're either like my fiance who doesn't always love a routine, which to be honest, either is really okay. But when we have something very important to us, something that we know is important for our lives and well-being, we usually make it a daily priority, right? We usually make it a habit or routine. I'm all for creating routines, but I think a lot of times people look down on them and give them a bad rep because they can quickly become mindless tasks, things to do on a list without any emotion, excitement, or motivation, like little robots running around doing their tasks. And that's exactly what we're talking about. So let me introduce you to a word that I have over time replaced routine with. It's called discipline. And no, not like when your mom sent you to your room when you got in trouble and put you in timeout for 20 minutes. Not that discipline. This kind of discipline is a holy one, I like to call it. We can call these spiritual disciplines. Think of them as practices, repeatedly doing something over and over to grow in your faith and walk with Christ. One of the most important disciplines that you can implement in your life is reading the Bible daily. Without doing it every day, like a habit or routine, we won't build up our quote-unquote muscle memory. So we can see how disciplines or routines can actually be a good thing. If they're done with the right motivation and purpose, like we've mentioned before, they can truly be faith-building, life-giving, and exciting to us. All of that then trickles into excitement, and then we get motivated and excited, again, because you're truly seeing growth in your faith, deeper love for God, and more fruit being born in your actions. It's like a big Holy Spirit trickle, and I love it. So within these disciplines or routines, here are a few things that I do and many others do that may prove helpful to you. The first suggestion is setting a dedicated time and striving for it daily to read the word. Look at your day with me for a second. Look at your day, whatever a normal schedule may look like for you in general, and zoom out. What does a typical day look like for you? Now, I'm not talking about the random days that inevitably pop up, but your typical day. 
Is there a time slot anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes that you can carve out that you can try your hardest to set aside just for you, God, and the word? I'm not saying just you, God, word, and Instagram, just you, God, and the word. Personally, mornings work best for me and my normal schedule. I love to get up, grab my coffee, and sit back down with my Bible. I usually have the bandwidth for 20-30 minutes to journal, pray, and read the word. Sure, this all depends on your schedule, but I can say that with almost 100% confidence that you have a pocket of time like this in your day too. We all do. No one is that busy. Life comes down to what we do with the time we're given. Life comes down to what we deem is the most important. It may take sacrifice on your part. It may take a few minutes less scrolling on Instagram. It may take a few less minutes doing something else. But in the end, is it worth it to you? I know that God wants to show you that it is. Next, if you're struggling to find the motivation to read the word, find an accountability partner. I know this is a typical Christian answer, but hear me out. Finding someone or multiple people that are sharpening iron to your life, like Proverbs 27 says, is an incredible gift. Not only were we created for fellowship to build one another up with our spiritual gifts and love one another in friendship, we were also created to have a unique sanctifying dynamic. Remember that sanctifying word? It's growing, becoming more like Christ. Friendships rooted in Christ have the capacity to restore one another, bear one another's burdens, their troubles, their anxieties, and encourage each other to grow in faith. That's what Galatians 6, 1-2 says. Although there aren't any verses that use the exact words accountability partner in the Bible because that's something modern day Christians have come up with, we can draw the principles from other passages that talk about friendships, relationships, and more. Seek out someone in your life, preferably an older woman to mentor you as a younger woman. This follows the Titus 2 model perfectly, where God speaks through Titus instructing older women to be good examples in faith and life to the younger women. The older women are called to set an example for younger women in their lives and through their wise teaching and encouragement to be growing in godliness. I can tell you this, a woman who is in step with the Lord will be honored to hear you ask for their counsel and accountability. They will strive to take this responsibility seriously, realizing that it's not only an honor, but also a way to glorify God. Additionally, it's also beautiful to find women in the same season of life as you and ask them to be Bible accountability partners. This could be a best friend, someone at church. Now, this is just my suggestion, not strictly from the Bible, but something that I've done with my friends in the past is to text each other once a week and check in asking, how has your Bible reading time been? What have you been reading lately? Tell me some key points you've been learning. Now, this does take some honesty on your part, on all of our parts, really. Even with our closest friends, it's not easy to admit that perhaps we haven't read our Bible all week. There's a level of shame we place on ourselves, and sometimes instead of moving on in God's grace and starting afresh in a new day, we stay camped out in shame. But here's the beauty of finding a loving, understanding, and gracious friend who loves the Lord. They will not judge. They will not hold it over your head. Instead, they'll respond with grace and encourage you to get back up in the Bible reading, relationship with God growing saddle. Pray for these friends earnestly if you don't have them or if you desire something deeper. Pray for God to open your eyes to people you may not have thought about at first. Pray that you'll be willing to seek them out too, actively pursuing these friendships on your end too. Not only because they're great accountability partners in your Bible reading, but because you were created to be united with your brothers and sisters in Christ. 
So sweet friend, that was today's episode. I really pray that it was an encouragement to you to really think about the foundation and the why of why we should read the word and then how that will hopefully really settle in our hearts and then the Holy Spirit will take that to a new level of us being motivated and disciplined to spend time daily with God. And with a few practical nuggets that we sprinkled in, I pray that you start to make important sacrifices in your day to spend with the Lord every single day. Friend, I hope that if you walk away knowing anything from this episode, remembering anything from this episode, is that the power of prayer is unexplainable. We talked about prayer every once in a while, sprinkled in often throughout this episode, about how God is really our motivator. The Holy Spirit living inside of you, if you have Jesus Christ inside of you, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. And He is your motivator. He is your counselor, your guide, your light. He is the one that will equip you to be disciplined, to be motivated, to be devoted. Let's take some time to think about what we're believing about the Bible and spend some time with God in the Word. Just praying, asking God, what do I believe about the Bible? Help me to really see the value in your word, what it can do, what you can teach me through it, what I can learn about you, how I can grow in a deeper love for you. So I really appreciate you. And I'm so thankful you tuned into another episode of Truth Talks with Tara. If you appreciated this episode about, you know, just how to be motivated, disciplined, and devoted in your Bible time, please make sure to screenshot it, post it to your Instagram stories, tag me at Miss Tara Sun and at Truth Talks with Tara. I would love to thank you. And I would love just to partner with you to tell other people in your circles too about the good news and God's truth. So make sure to leave a review on your way out. I cannot wait to see what God continues to do here and in your heart. And I love getting to hear what he alone is doing. I'll see you on another podcast episode very soon. Love you friend. See you next time.